This is episode 34 of the CB Northwest and Camp to Add More Events podcast. We're finishing Women's Camp 2019, SOMA, One Body, One Spirit. This is session four with Mary Merriweather. Back into the relationship with God that God had in mind. That Julie spoke about Friday. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit the three in community and unity had in mind when they designed us, when they created us, when they gave us life, when he gave us life. This is what the father had in mind. And this is what the enemy has spent all of his time wanting to steal, kill, and destroy. And that is the life that only happens when the body is connected and alive. Amen? Amen. 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 As I sat there and we were in worship, you know, the Lord just planted this in my spirit. There's several things going on in my spirit right now, but I'm going to share this. And that is that we all come so hungry for God and there's so much that we want to experience of him and that we need from him and he is our reward amen there's nothing greater there's nothing more fulfilling and satisfying and there's nothing that really satisfy the satisfies the longings of our heart than to experience him in his presence just like right now just right then i was looking around the room and y'all was just lost <laughs> I don't know, you know, who's cooking the meal tonight. I don't know who's watching the children. I don't know what tomorrow's going to look like. But for that moment, we were like carefree. Who cares? Because he cares and we know that he has been. But as I was sitting there and I was looking, Lord, how much we crave you and how much we know that we need you. I heard the father say back to you. I crave you that much. I crave all of them that much. As a matter of fact, what I heard him say is, we are his reward. Make that personal. Sisters, you and I are the Father's reward. We are Jesus' reward. For all that he came to do and all that he did, we are his reward. As we worship him, as we surrender ourselves to him, as he does what only he can do that I sense he's doing in this room now and that he's going to continue to do, as we allow him to do the work that he came to do, in our hearts, in our lives. That's his reward. We wonder, how can I please God? And we're all looking to, you know, do the right things and serve and all. And he says, you, just you, are enough. You are my treasure. You are my great reward. We really are, y'all. 
You need to know that no matter who you are, where you've come from, what you've, where you have found yourself, what your struggle is, where we compare ourselves to where we think others are so great and have so much more going on. And he's looking at you, saying, you are my reward. You're everything that I long for. You're everything that I've hoped for. You, put your hand right here because you don't believe me yet. <laughs> you are God's reward. You are here are his reward. You are what he had in mind when he designed you on purpose, intentionally. You're just what he had in mind. Now lift one hand before him. You're just what the father had in mind. You're just what he had in mind. And the enemy would have us to compare and we're always looking out. Your hand is up because you're saying, yes, Lord. I receive it. I receive it. Because he can have it in mind and he can have it forth. But just like any special, any gift, if I don't receive it, I can never enjoy it. So our hand is up saying, yes, Lord. I don't understand everything. Some things I'm thinking, really? Couldn't that have been different? And did I really have to experience and go through that? And are you sure I'm enough? Like, for real? Me? He's saying, yes. You can put your hands down if you desire, but you can keep it up too. <laughs> I tell you, I'm one of those that when the word is coming forth, there are just times that I lift my hands even when the word, because I take God's word. I, ex I, I go into the sanctuary anticipating for the Lord to speak to me. And when he finds that place, that connects with what I need from him, I'll do that anyway. So I'll just share that with y'all if you'd like to. <laughs> Often we wait until the end of um, the message to offer an offer, altar call. And that is appropriate because through the word and in the word we um, it triggers and requires a response, and our hearts are pricked. But I also believe that there's something significant about bringing ourselves to the altar personally. We don't have to do it physically, but personally, that we bring ourselves to the altar in the beginning, the moment we walk into the sanctuary. And worship is that place where we get ushered behind the veil that has been rented. 
but using the tabernacle as a symbol. Worship is that time where we're invited to enter in to the presence of God in a more deeper way where we can shut everything else out. And then I believe altar calls really, for me personally, is the moment the word of God begins to come forth. I bring myself to the altar and say, God, speak to me. I want to invite you into that space because I'm just me. You know, I could never articulate what I hear in the spirit and what I know God wants to get to each one of us, but I'm going to do my best. But I believe in the spirit, if we just avail ourselves to say, God, here I am. I bring myself before you to receive your word, not to decide if I like your word or not, because you may or may not, but to receive what you have for me. And I bring my full raw self because I need him. And this weekend, we have, the theme this weekend has been amazing. And it's right in alignment with what I believe so strongly was not just a theme that was given for this particular retreat, but I really believe it is the theme of the spirit in this season and in this time that we live in. Because as I believe it was Ashley said it um, yesterday, this counters the current culture that we live in. Community and unity. Now we hear those words, but really there has to be a, the spirit of God that really brings community and unity that represents Christ and represents him in the earth. So when we talk about um, this weekend, the theme, community, uh, soma, I love that word, and it being one body and one spirit and around re-looking and rethinking about community and unity. I have, we have been so blessed from Friday night with every word that has come forth. Friday night, we were reminded that God himself, unity and community is his idea and it's his way of doing things. From the very beginning in Genesis, he said, let us make man. Let us create. So we, we found Friday night, we were reminded that community is God's way of doing things. And then yesterday, we began to look at the fact that because we have so many differences, we're all different and unique on purpose and intentional because God is so vast and he's so amazing and he's so big that not one person could contain all of who he is. <laughs> so when we can realize that each one of us carry the characteristics, the traits 
the personality, the ability of God, each one of us do. There should be a whole different way of looking at each other. Because when I see you, I should see him. I'm looking at who and how he has deposited himself in you. So with our differences, and I love what Ashley said, that we don't have to, what was the word? To be unified, we don't have to uh, uniformed. We don't have to be uniformed to be unified. Amen? Amen. And thank God for that. (laughs) Thank God for that. Thank God for that. And last night was so beautiful with Deanne bringing the whole understanding about our building on the differences that we carry, but how significant it is when we are steady and firm on the rock of Jesus Christ and then connected together as those starfish. Amen? Amen. And there was so much more that we'll, we'll continue to see as we move forward. So Friday night, see, in our team here, um, speaking of community, God has really blessed us and connected us in a way that we get to live this message out. And that's one of the reasons that we're so passionate about this because we're experiencing the life that really happens and the healing and the, the more that happens when we're connected in community and in unity. And so with that said, as uh, Julie was sharing Friday night, that we all have our differences and, and, and what we bring to the table. And so somehow, some way, they have assigned me to be the closer When we go out and about, you know, and, and I say I have the easy job, actually, because there, as you have already experienced, there's such amazing um, teachers and preachers and, and the way to deliver the word of God to really open our eyes and our understanding and to articulate in a way that you feel like I can really take this and go with it. Amen. Then even, you know, yeah. Amen. Thank you. And Deanne um, touched on it last night about um, the how. And that's really what I sense in this space and, and, and really almost everywhere we go that God is gathering his people and the question is how? Because information plus information equals more information. Okay? Information plus revelation is inspiration. Amen. We love inspiration. Amen. But I think we have stayed there maybe a little longer than we should at times because information plus revelation, which gives, opens up understanding and enlightenment, it inspires us. But I believe we come together like this so often and we leave inspired and then something happens that we now, oh, I can't wait until the next time so I can get that jolt again. So let me give you this equation for all the mathematicians and educators in the house. (laughs) Information plus information equals 
more information. Information plus revelation equals inspiration. How about information plus revelation plus inspiration plus application? Now that is where we'll find transformation. For real, we have a lot of knowledge and we keep getting information and more information and more information and the revelation is amazing and we're like, woo, that was hot, that was, you know, all of that. But without applying it, ladies, without application, we will not see transformation. It's about allowing God's word to, to take risks to believe what God says and to apply it in my life. Actually take whatever he has spoken. Something hit every one of us this weekend, very personally and intimately. Something really, really did. Whether it was, and I know there were, it was through the teaching and through the preaching, but I also know some things happen in these parties. There was a freedom, and there was a joy, and there was a release. I was watching y'all. I was paying attention while I was getting my groove on the lecture slide and everything. There was a freedom and a joy that was being released, and I saw things break off of us. It's like, it's okay for me to be free. It's okay for me to not know these women and enjoy them. I saw that happening. And even that was something significant that happened for you. Because that is the very thing that releases us to be able to connect and then therefore experience the kind of community and unity that the Father has for us. See, we make things so difficult and so deep and so hard and challenging sometimes. How about we just all get up and start doing the electric slide? I'm just saying. And then some of them had roller skates and you know what's going on and everything. And you know what that was? You want to know what that was? At some point, you thought, it's okay to just be. To just be. To just be. And I mean, we were looking at each other. We didn't know each other, but we were like, hey, sis. Hey, 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 hey. And we were having a good time. Some, I don't know where those two ladies are, but they started following me around like, what we doing next, girl? What we doing next? Hey. You know. We would have never done that. If you think outside of that kind of environment in that moment when we just allowed ourselves to be and to connect without, you know, having to perform or, or without, uh, anyway. Outside of this, when we walk out of this place and we go back into our lives and our communities and the grocery stores and our neighborhoods and you know, all of that, what happens? 
Why can't we experience that same kind of being and freedom? Because all of a sudden we put up the walls and, you know, that kind of thing. So it's hard to connect and build community when we're not open to just be and allow others to be and to embrace those moments. Amen? So I have like four messages today. <laughs> and they're all just swirling around in my head right now because I've been praying over them and, and the Lord just download. That's why they call me the closer because I really get to enjoy all that they bring and then allow the Lord to show me throughout that time what he, who you are and what he wants to deliver to us to bring this all together. So Friday night I was sitting there and I just want to thank this amazing committee for creating my backdrop. <laughs> you know, my sisters, they had to have their PowerPoints and everything else and everything was so wonderful. But you all created my banner. I don't know who did that, but I want to thank them. <laughs> because as, as we were just Friday night when Julie was sharing, I was sitting there and the Lord began to speak to me. And when you talk about community and how we're designed to function, we have the bees here. And honey, which they have produced, but we all know how bees produce honey, right? Through pollen distributing pollen. There's a process of pollination and cross-pollination. I think that says something about community and the significance of us working together and our dependency upon each other. So Julie used zebras Friday night. Deanne used starfish last night. Ashley is this amazing storyteller that I can't even tell you all the people and descriptions that she uses, but you got to experience all of that. I get to use the bee. <laughs> because the bee truly does exemplify why the value and the significance of us sharing and working together and what can only be accomplished as we together and but yet individually distribute what God has given us and are willing to connect with others and deposit that which then produces something sweet and marvelous that God wants to serve this generation but that can only happen as first of all, we become bees. <laughs> that means I simply be. And where the enemy has come to try to make me feel that I'm not enough or that I don't have value, worth, significance that could really, you know, make a difference. That is a slander to God because he knew what he was doing when he created and designed you. And so 
there's something about coming to a place of allowing ourselves to just be. And as we be, then we can appreciate and value our role in pollinating, which is distributing what the Holy Spirit has given us. And then being able to receive that from others because then it all produces, again, the honey, the product that God wants to distribute to this generation. Amen? In the being. And then the other message that I saw was this being. I just was like, oh, and I kept looking up, and then I thought, that's the cross. Y'all see that? The cross, the being. But the thing about this particular cross is that I had to look higher. I had to look up in order to really see the cross. And I felt and sensed that the Lord was saying, in this season, I need my people to see the cross bigger than they've ever seen it before. That we've had some glimpse of the cross and the purpose and value of the cross. But what God wants to do in this generation in this time is to bring us back to the bigness and the significance of the cross, which is going to require us to look up. We've been looking out, and boy, is there a lot going on in the times that we live in and a lot to hear. But God is calling us back, sisters, family, to looking at the cross and the original purpose, the original intent of the cross. And that was to reconcile, to bring us back, not divide us, but to gather us, to bring us back into relationship vertically with God and horizontally with each other. And not just with each other in this house, but with the world, as it's been spoken this is, but our unity and community will let the world know who Jesus is. Amen? Okay, so those are two messages. Thank you, Father. Another message that has been deeply planted in my heart for our closing um, this weekend has to do with healing. Healing. Because all that we've heard about community and unity has pricked our hearts and we're drawn to it. But with any body, when you talk about a body, a physical body, there will be pain. If you have a body, there will be pain. We'll have to deal with pain at some point. If there's no pain, that means there's no life. <laughs> so pain is actually an indication of life. But the thing that separates us from being able to embrace community and unity the way our hearts would long to really has to do somewhere along the line with pain. 
some kind of hurt or some misrepresentation of what it is that God wants us to connect to. And I believe this weekend, as God has brought us into this place, that there is healing virtue that is flowing. That God would not call us to unity and community, realizing that the thing that separates us from that most often is some kind of pain, which has caused us to put up defenses and walls and not being able to, you know, trust again or know how to connect because of some experiences I may have had or, again, some misrepresentation. But I believe that the Father is here this morning before we leave this place to meet us in that place, the place of our hearts to heal us. That's where I want uh, to invite you to the altar of God in your own heart this morning and to bring that place, that area in your life where you need to be healed, where we need to be healed. You know, we come to church, we, we, we live our lives out, y'all, I'm telling you, I know this from experience. We live our lives and people see us and, you know, we're, we're doing what we do. But there are areas that are so deep and experiences that have left us so scarred that they really have um, come to strip us from even being able to be who God designed us to be. Anybody ever felt that you, there's a you in you that is bound, that has somehow been tied up because of an experience, because of disappointment, rejection, um, failure, whatever it is. And so we, you know, we kind of back off. I believe Jesus is here this morning to meet us in that place. As a matter of fact, this particular campground is called what? The name is Tadmore. I believe Jesus has a Tadmore <laughs> for us. I honestly believe that there's just a Tadmore that he has. It doesn't matter how long we've walked with God. It doesn't matter how long, how, how established you are. I believe he has a tad more. That's going to make the difference for us before we leave this place today. But in that, him having a tad more for us, I believe that he's asking us for a tad more. Just a tad more. Sometimes just a slight more can make all the difference. So are you willing? Are you willing? Because that's where the breakthrough is going to come from, sis. Oh, trust me when I tell you. Just a tad 
more. We're going to find some healing and some breakthrough. There's a couple passages that I'd like us to look at. And I'm like, Ashley, I like, uh, what time is this? <laughs> Where are we? Mark 11, a tad more. <laughs> Would you turn with me to Mark 11, and we'll start at the first verse. And this is the story, um, the account of when Jesus was being, getting ready to ride into Jerusalem for his, what is called this triumphal entry. But I want to show you something significant here because Jesus is ready to make another entry in the earth today. And he's ready to make another entry into our, our, our lives and our circum, the circumstances around us. We see the need for an entry, another entry. So verse 1 in, in um, chapter 11 says, And when they came nigh to Jerusalem, and I have the New King James Version, And when they came nigh to Jerusalem unto Bethany, and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, he, Jesus, sendeth forth two of his disciples, and he said unto them, Go your way into the village over against you, and as soon as you are enter into it, you shall find a colt tied, somebody say tied, whereon never man sat, loose him and bring him. And if any man say unto you, why do, ye, why do ye this? Say ye that the Lord hath need of him. And straightway he will send him hither. Jesus could not even make his triumphal entry into Jerusalem, or he chose not to, without this coat being untied first. Ladies, the same today, I hear the Spirit of the Lord saying, I have need of you. And I am here this weekend to untie you from some things that have hindered you and prevented you, prevented you from being freed up for me to use you. What is it? that has you, may have you tied? What is it that may have you tied that is preventing the master from being able to freely use you to enter into the places that he has chosen you to go? Is this making sense? There is something in all of us. It doesn't matter, again, how long you've walked with God, what your heart has been, but this weekend we have an invitation, family, to allow him to go to that one place where I know I'm not free, where I know that he is not really allowed, he's not allowed to really use me the way that he desires to use me. Anybody know what I'm talking about in the house? He's not sending anyone else to untie you today. Jesus himself is here. 
to untie us. Oh, I mean this with all my heart. If you're willing and if you're ready, he's here to untie us. He's here to untie us. I'm telling you, he's here to untie us. I know I've lived with some things for years that God allowed me to go through where I was all tied up in my emotions and in my heart. But there came a moment when I said, God, I no longer want to live tied. I no longer want to live like this. I want to be free for you to use me. And I want to be free and untied from the things. And see, the thing of it is, is that life happens. There's no way around it. Life happens. But we have to make a choice. What we allow the happenings or how we allow the happenings to affect and control our purpose and destiny in life. Because God watches over it all. And he wants to use whatever our experiences have been Whatever has come to, 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 to bring um, that kind of pain and hurt in our lives, he wants to use it. In fact, I always say, if you're looking for your purpose, your purpose can be found in the womb of your pain. God will take our pain. He'll take our hurts. He'll take those things that we feel that, that hinder us, and he wants to use them for his glory. He really does take messes and make a message. And then would you turn with me to Proverbs? Proverbs 4 and 23. Just have something to deliver to you this morning. And then we'll let the Holy Spirit do his work. Proverbs 4.23, as we know, Proverbs is the book of wisdom for life, for living. And it says, keep thy heart with all diligence. And some version says, above all things, above everything else. And when I think about that, above everything else, above everything else, it says above everything Guard your heart with diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life or the wellspring of life. Guard your heart with all diligence. So again, we're being faced with the reality that life does happen and things will come our way to cause pain, to hurt, um, to, to discount and discredit who we are. But the word of God is saying, daughter, guard that heart with all diligence because it's out of that heart that I have chosen to bring life. It's out of your heart that I'm going to use you to be a wellspring to others. So all things. So today... God is here to heal hearts. He really is. He's here to heal hearts. I spoke for a moment about 
um, just some years that the Lord allowed me to, to walk through a time where I was really carrying some deep, deep wounds, some deep scars of pain. And I'm usually one that can shake things off pretty naturally and pretty easily. But he allowed me to go through a time where I couldn't shake it off. And I thought, God, what's going on? And I just felt myself dying and dying emotionally, spiritually. And it really did affect the way that I was able to connect with people in relationship. And so I did, like you're doing this weekend, but I did, I, I went on a personal retreat. And as I was sitting there before God, and I was like, God, this hurts. And I need you to meet me. I need you to do something to give me life again, to release me. And the Lord took me to this passage that I had never seen before. And it's found in Exodus. It's in the fourth chapter. <laughs> and beginning at the 21st verse. And we know the story of Moses and how God chose and appointed Moses to be the deliverer, to be the voice of deliverance to his people, that he was to go to Pharaoh and tell Pharaoh, let my people go. He spent time, God spent intimate time with him on the, on the mountain and, and really spoke into his life, but yet Moses had hesitation about if he would really be able to do what God was calling him to do. But God sent him, and he was on his way. But I found something really strange as I opened my Bible, and I was sitting there before God. And it's in verse 20, it's in verse uh, 24. It says, and it came to pass by the way, as Moses was on his way to Egypt, that the Lord met him and sought to kill him. I'm like, what? I had never heard or seen that before. I've only heard of the, the burning bush experience and the call and Moses gets to Pharaoh and all the things that happened there. I had never, I'm like, God. So I started flipping my Bible. Like, was this after the burning bush? And this was before he got to um, Egypt. So God, this doesn't make sense. Why would you, why, why would you seek to kill Moses when he's on his way to what you called him to do? And I had never seen this before. Had y'all seen this? Was I the last one? You hadn't? I had never seen that before. Now remember, I went because my heart had been so hurt and had was was carrying so much pain and hurt that I was no longer really able to connect and function in community in relationships and I there was a death that was happening to me emotionally and the Lord spoke to me as I was sitting there and he said I was going I was willing to sacrifice the plan that I had for those people because of Moses' 
lack of trust in me and obedience. What does that mean? As you know then, it was required that boys would be, sat, would be circumcised, that the male child would be circumcised. And Moses had not yet circumcised his own son. And so it was Zipporah who took the knife, as we see in verse 25. Then Zipporah took a sharp stone, rather, and cut off the foreskin of her son and cast it at his feet and said, Surely a bloody husband art thou to me. So God let Moses go, and then she said, A bloody husband thou art because of the circumcision. Hmm. So as I sat there, the Lord says, you're no longer required to just circumcise the flesh, but I do require circumcision of the heart. And circumcision is, a, is, is needed as a result of something that the person didn't put there. You didn't put it there. It was put on that person, or it was put on you. It happened to you. It's a part of who you are at this moment. But still, in order for there to be purity and cleanliness, there was a requirement of circumcision. And the Bible speaks of us being required to circumcise our hearts. And as I sat there, I went, oh, my God, so you're asking me to circumcise this thing from my heart, which has to do with forgiveness, what has to do with letting go. I've got to cut this off. You're asking me to circumcise. I didn't do this to myself. I didn't do this. They did this to me. Or this has become a part of me because of how I feel about myself and compared myself and whatever it is. But he says, I cannot use you just like I would not use Moses. I cannot use you to accomplish my purpose and assignment for your life until you, do, until you circumcise. Because the message then would not be pure. It would flow out of your pain, out of whatever it is that is causing death in you, and then spill over to others. So I need you to circumcise your heart. So I sat there, I remember sitting there, and I just said, God, because then you be, I began to really reconsider my life and my decision when I chose to follow Christ, and how I desired for him to use me. So my desire to be used by him and to see his purpose fulfilled became greater than me holding on to the things that were holding me. So I remember sitting there and going, God, I'm willing to do this. I'm willing to give this to you. I need you to heal me. I need you to set me free. And I literally, in my mind, began to consciously 
attempt to remove those things. And when you remove something, that means it's gone. It's like no longer there. So I thought, okay, Lord, I'm willing to circumcise this thing as if it's never been. The moment I begin, I made that decision and I was willing to act to apply what I heard God say. It was like the Holy Spirit just came up on me, sisters, and he finished the work that I thought I had to start. He finished it for me. And then there was a freedom and a refreshing and a releasing and a renewing that came over me then that set me on a new path and a new course for the Lord to be able then to bring me into his full purpose. I want to offer that to you this morning. With all that we've heard this weekend, God is here to heal us. He really is here to heal, but he's asking us to allow him to heal us by allowing him to also circumcise those things from our hearts that have hindered and prevented us from being able to be used by him because those things have had us tied up and they prevent us from being able to experience the kind of community and unity that we have been blessed to experience this weekend. He's here to heal us. I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. You are welcome, welcome in this place. He's here to heal us. He did not bring us here this weekend and endow us with all the richness of his word to leave us the same. I want to invite you where you are to go to that place of pain, to go to that place of hurt, because in order for us to walk out the, this word and this experience, we need to be healed. We need to be healed. I have prayed. I know this is the will of the Father for you, for me. He's here to untie us. From the very thing that have held us. From being able to embrace the fullness of who he is. Oneness with him and oneness with each other. There's something that he has spoken to you this weekend. There's something that you've experienced this weekend that you want more of. Let him untie you this morning. Allow him to untie you. Yes, Lord.
Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I give you permission to untie me. So that you can use me. And Father, thank you, Lord, that I can trust you. I can trust you with my pain. I can trust you with disappointment. I can trust you with lack of trust. I can trust you with hesitation. I can trust you with rejection. I can trust you with it all. Heartache, loss, brokenness. I can trust you with it all. I can trust you with a journey of experience that doesn't even make sense to me. Like, why, Lord? Why? Why? He says, because that's the very thing that I want to use. Because someone else's release is connected to your release. Someone else that I want to connect you to their being untied is directly connected to you being untied. And it's not going to look like a platform ministry that we sometimes and too often limit how God uses us. It's not necessarily going to be from a platform as we see it. Oh my God, family, how the people around us today need to experience Jesus. And he wants to do that through us. Will you allow him to untie you today? There's one place for every single one of us. I know it's true. Every single one of us in this room, there's at least one place that he wants to untie us from. So that he can fulfill his purpose. So that we can be, come and live like those bees. That we can take what he's given us and we can distribute it. We can add value to others. Oh God, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for untying. It's happening. It's happening. Just surrender. Surrender to him. You can trust him. He can, you can trust him with your heart. <laughs> That's what he's after. He's after our hearts. As women, we our hearts are so tender and we, call, we hold so much in our hearts that we can trust him with, your, with our hearts. Would you stand with me? And I've asked the worship team to lead us back into this particular chorus because it really happens there. That's our divine connection with, with heaven is in worship. How? The question, how? With so much that we've heard and experienced this weekend, God, how 
will I be able to hold on to this and walk this out? I want to give you an acrostic three words. Have it. Whatever it was that God spoke to you and what was highlighted for you this weekend, have it. Own it. And then land on your why this is important. How? Have it. Own whatever the Holy Spirit has done. Oh, my God. Do y'all hear what I'm saying this morning? Do you hear what he's saying this morning? If you do, would you raise your hand? I need to know that we're... The Spirit of the Lord is at work here. Have it. Own it. And then connect what God has been saying to you this weekend to a why. Why it's important that I allow the Spirit of the Lord to untie me today. To heal that area in my heart that he wants to use. Why is it important? And let your why be that thing that sets before, that keeps before you, that stays before you and allows you to endure. Holy Spirit, thank you, Father, for being in this room, for being in this place. Thank you that you come with healing, healing, Father. Healing, Lord. <laughs> Lord, I thank you that you're doing a deep work, that you're meeting us just right where we've needed you to meet us, God. Thank you, Lord, that you are reclaiming territory in our hearts. You're reclaiming territory in our lives, Lord. Never to be the same again. Never to be the same again. Thank you, Lord, that we are one body called to live in your spirit. It's all about you, Lord. It's all about you. It's all about you. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear what you're saying in this hour, in this hour. Thank you, Father, for your healing, Lord.